When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, Guy, Nick Mason's source full of secrets, of which we are um, two-fifths, right? Are, we're going back out on the road in the summer across the UK. We are. We're, it's all of June, so brace yourself. What's it called? It's called the Set the Control Store. What a brilliant name. Who do you uh, think could have come up with such a great name for a tour, Gary? I wonder. I think yeah. I'm looking at him, right? But then right. I did come up with uh, Nick Mason's source full of secrets. You did, and in fact, that came up in a podcast then because you were inspired by Woody Woodman's Is You Boat, weren't you? I was, yes. Anyway, anyway, but enough of that. So... Join Nick, Guy, Lee Harris, uh, Don Beacon and me as we celebrate the early years with, you know, that incredible, it's an incredible body of work, isn't it? The early Pink Floyd. It goes up to just before Dark Side of the Moon. It goes up to 1972, with all the film soundtracks, all the Sid stuff, stuff you've never yeah. heard, stuff that no one's ever Echoes, heard, frankly. Obviously. Echoes is the big sort of, you and, know, uh, uh, what is that? What would you call it? Magnum Opus. Yeah, I love a Magnum, don't you? Yeah, I never met Magnum. Was he, was he, <laughs> Um, anyway, tickets are on sale now and you can buy yours at uh, myticket.co.uk. And Kilimanjaro Live presents Nick Mason's Sourceful of Secrets, the Settler Control Tour. Hello, Gary. Hello, Guy. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, it's occurred to me with Simon Le Bon that there's a lot of cross-referencing that our listeners can do by listening to other episodes of our podcast. Yeah, and in fact, if we'd been clever, we could have thought about that before. And sort of put in lots of little Easter eggs. But uh, I know I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> little clips, you mean? So, little clip, yeah. Or, well, yeah. No, 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 I think it's... Like but no, you're right. There are, but there, there are things we can draw on from what John said. I think it's better if people go back and, and compare and contrast. You know, it was a bit like when we had Kurt on one week and, you know, we... Um, yeah, that's true. Ronan on the, another week. But so we've, we've, had, we've had John Taylor on before, which I re-listened to. Actually, just this morning, which was, which was, I thought John was very erudite. It'd be John was incredibly erudite. Well, of course he was. He's, he's the bass player. And, uh, and of course, we, um, we had the new guitarist on a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Who I must say, having, uh, I've been really enjoying the new album. He certainly did bring something to the party, but we'll obviously talk about that. I can't remember his fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me his name. Zeppo. Z- Graham Coxon. Okay. I'll edit this in. Leave that in. I'll edit this in. Of course, we're talking about Graham Coxon. Of course we are. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I want to know from Simon's point of view what it was like getting getting Graham, you know, a a 90s icon to come in and and play on his record. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much to talk about. There really is. And don't forget, it's another Spandau Duran face-off. We'll have to... Listen, one day, we're going to keep getting... Duran members on until I get the punch up I so so desire. So we may have to <laughs> we may have to mention that episode of Pop Quiz. Oh yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Rock on Turns. 
Okay, guys, I'm ready. This was great, guys. I, I, it's so great to talk to two guys that have done this. Well, it's a big tune for sure. I actually wrote that originally for Tina Turner. Of course, I had gone and found Joni Mitchell down in Florida and brought her back. You know, what people forget about Bowie is that he was such a kind man. I've listened to a few of them and they've been really good, man. I'm sitting in the back of the car coming into London. They're brilliant. I know you're musicians, but you've been more professional than a lot of journalists. Remember me? I'm in a band now. <laughs> it's called Roxy Music. You know this thing about the 10,000 hours of experience? Oh, yeah. To, to get good at something. When we recorded Arnold Lane, we'd done about 50 hours. The Rock Hunters podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt. Hello. Hello. Hey. Ah. Simon. I fellas, apologies for being so late, but I had, it was a late call. I had to go and pick up my grandson from school. No problem. Oh. How sweet. What a good and considerate grandfather you are, Simon. I am very good <laughs> and considerate. Oh, and you've got, a, you've got a nice microphone there, and it looks very pro. I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or I've got a radio show. Yeah, I've got a radio show. That. So Whoosh. I do, like, exactly. Yeah. Where, where is it? It's on Sirius. It's Sirius XM. Uh, it's, an hour, it's an hour show every week. Um, it's um, all new music, actually. All new. I like, you know, I, I like alternative bands. Like, I like... You know, alternative artists, hip, a little bit of um, R&B and stuff as well. But um, lots of great stuff. You know, bands like Dry Cleaning? No. No. You know, but do, do you know about Dry, dry cleaning? cleaning? No, I don't know. No, oh, I don't God, know about Dry check Cleaning. Check out Dry but... Cleaning. They're, they're, she's, she's a, they're an amazing band, spoken word artist. Have you heard yes, Idols? Yes. Things like, have you heard of Idols? Yes, Idols. So it's, it's quite a lot of post-punk or, or punky stuff. They call it post-punk now, but actually it's punk. Fontaines from <laughs> Belfort. What, what we are, what we post are is post-punk. Yes, exactly. And it's funny in, um, because, like, on Wikipedia, Duran Duran are down as New Wave, which <laughs> yeah. is the kind of, in America, that's their blanket thing, isn't it? For yeah. Anything yeah. That but that's good that you get to listen to all new music because of the show. Yes. Well, I mean, it started off in, um, started, started off in during uh, the very beginning of lockdown, actually. And then I had a little bit of a sort of a, 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 a contretemps with my daughter Tallulah because I came downstairs and she was listening. There was something she was listening to Radio Six, and I, I went, "Oh God, I can't have this one on my breakfast time. I've got to have one. I've got to put Radio Four. <laughs> Sounds like our house. Quite, quite. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, um, I so I changed. And she went, "Dad, Dad, she's call yourself a musician. You don't even like music, um, oh, especially oh. new bands." I thought, "Wow." Um, I thought, oh, God. I thought, and you know what? I thought that thing, you know, when you're in a taxi after the studio, you spent sort of eight to 12 hours in the studio, three if you're me, um, <laughs> and, um, and you get into the taxi and taxi driver, uh, four o'clock in the morning, taxi driver goes, oh, what, 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 what channel, what music do you want to listen to? And you go, you know what? I just like maybe have a little bit of quiet now. I've been surrounded by music all day long. Um, and that kind of sets in and you end up in a situation where the only music you're listening to is what you're working on currently and what got you into a band in the first place. Yeah. And I thought, she's right. I don't like music. So I made a big effort and um, started, started um, listening to stuff. And at the same time, my mate Nick Wood um, in Tokyo oh, yeah, yeah. said, you know, Nick Wood, Sin, yeah. um, Sin Productions, Sin Music. Nick's, Nick said, we need to do something uh, during COVID. Let's do, let's, let's, let's put together a playlist. So I started, I, I said, that's great because I'm just getting into new music. And then a couple of weeks later, Wendy Laster, our manager, she, she calls up and she says, oh, we've got to do something, Charlie. Um, we've got, you know, you've got um, 
John's doing a bass tutorial. Roger's doing a drum tutorial. Nick's doing his art thing. Um, don't smirk, guy. What, what can you, you do? Smirk. What can you do? <laughs> and I thought, well, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do a vocal, a vocal tutorial. <laughs> I said, I could. I'm I'll, not, I'll I put to, a radio show. To laugh there, but I just imagine people doing that now, can't you? People so desperate mm-hmm. to get. On. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Simon, I've heard your vocal warm up, and it's very, very good. I think that would be very helpful to my people. vocal warm up. Do you I mean have, my? I heard your vocal warm up when, well, when we all played together. Yes. At, at that wedding, and yes. I, and you did a really, really good vo- I, I remember thinking because it wasn't did like I have a little I did I have a little set of ear things in because I, I you know I lost my voice completely and utterly in um 2003 oh that's right you had to cancel we cancelled the whole tour yeah, um still trying to get the money out of the insurers and I uh and I part of my rehabilitation was going to see a voke a, a voice therapist who um in London called Ruth Epstein she is amazing She's this wonderful sort of Eastern European Jewish lady who's very, and she gave me this warm-up session, and which I, which I put onto my, um, onto well, every, all of my devices hmm. actually, and um, and and I, I, I stick the earphones in, and um, you know, there's me going, was it um, sort of. <laughs> And all that did, you stuff. Have, did you have nodules? Yeah, you there, was, didn't have... there was a blue, there was a bluesy scale thing as well, which oh, was really, that. really good. It was well, really that's nice. like when I've done the warm up. I, I just, I just okay. start trying to riff to keep my keep it warm. Riffing, riffing on 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 um, on, on. Yeah, I like because actually, I like you know, this is, Simon, it's it's interesting because people don't really think you know they don't care as much for singers in that you know a band a band says let's get back together we haven't played for so many years you know it's our 40th anniversary or whatever it might be and the bass player gets his bass out and and, and finds the riffs again same with the guitar player but the fear that the singer has to find that voice to sing those songs that he sang and wrote as a young man yeah. that's far more yeah. terrifying it is uh, it would be, and it would be particularly so if you hadn't done it for um, yeah. a while. Like, but but yeah. I haven't stopped. I have not stopped at any point. So there's not been there's you know there's not been a week that's gone by without me singing. Um, and I know that I have to stretch myself. And as we approach, um, you know, a show when we haven't been on tour for for six months or sometimes it's longer. Well, it was after lockdown, of course. It was a very long time. You know, I, I kind of pace myself and I kind of walk, I get myself stronger and stronger. And I don't I don't try and hit the high notes in Wild Boys at the beginning of the rehearsal, at the, you know, at the beginning of, of, of getting ready yeah, for yeah. it. You know, that's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the new album because we had Graham Coxon yeah. on yes. here, this show, about three weeks ago. Yeah. What a lovely, lovely man he is. And when, when we... When we, yes. you know, said, but how come Duran Duran? You know, he he just couldn't believe we even had that question. He was so enthusiastic. You know, he was a fan, yeah. and he was being asked to play in a posh band. Yeah, you know, and I loved it because yeah. I watched your bit on the BBC yeah. when you did uh, you 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 played together yeah. with him. And he actually wore yeah. a very posh Duran style jacket for the show, didn't he? <laughs> he did, didn't he? Well, I, I, you know, he's 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 a smart guy. Um, he's uh, it's I mean, it was. 
for us, it was magnificent that he said he'd, he'd come and do it, but we had no idea of what we were going to go, what we were going to get until he started playing. And that was what really blew our barn doors well, off. He did really, really bring, I must say, because I'm loving the album and he really brought something to the party, didn't he? I know. I mean, he, yeah. he, he's got, he, he's got this thing. He doesn't want to play anything that's ever been played before. He's really, mm -hmm. he's determined to come up with new riffs and new sounds. Um, and that, and that, is, that is the most wonderful thing to have in your creative output because, you know, and, and we had to, he, he raised the game and we had to come up to it. You know what it's like when you're working on music as a band and when you're all trying, you know, you're all, you're all kind of uh, writing together. You know, one person takes it up and then somebody else comes up to that level, then somebody else comes and takes it a bit further and then everybody has to go to Were that. Were you careful? You know? He said about the writing process. He, yeah. he said he was amazed and impressed about how, like, there was literally no avenue left unexplored. But did he tread carefully in the he didn't want to feel, oh, I'm writing this, that you, you guys are the composers and I'm just going to find whatever I need to find to suit your song. I think he started off like that. But I think after, you know, after a while, he just wanted to make, he just wanted to play the best guitar he could play. And that in its way, it, that was what we really wanted. Because, and then he, be, he, be, he became a, a really full part of the whole writing setup. Because I actually think he's very you know, similar. Equal to Andy in in some ways in that you know Andy Andy oh, really? had yeah. this very choppy well more brusque yeah, but Andy had this sort of choppy <laughs> staccato style that was yeah. a combination mm -hmm. of Niall yeah. and Angus Young you know and, and exactly exactly but he and he also had a bit of sort of like he had a little bit of Jimi Hendrix and a little well yes a little bit Jimmy yeah. Page well, uh, but, but Graham has that yeah. he has but, that choppy odd yeah. kind of rhythmic thing and I just I think that suits what yes. you do because that's just yeah, Duran's sound yeah, has always does. been trying to fit in electronica with with rock yeah yeah. But on the album, Tommy, talking about collaborators, you had some yes. major, I don't know if these are mass box ticks for you, but like Giorgio Moroder and Mike well, Garson? Yeah, I mean, those, like, okay, so those two, those two are ones that we've, we've wanted to have um, some kind of connection with for years and years and years, but the opportunity just never arose. I mean, I've, I've known, I met Mike at, at, a, at a Smashing Pumpkins gig that he did way back, and I did, I, I did, I went up and sang "Nightboat" with um, with Billy and the yeah. band. So we, uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. So, and I, I met Mike at that at that uh, that point, and that was over twenty years ago. And it took this long for it to kind of to fall into place. George M. Rhodes is somebody we should have worked with years ago but it just it you know we were just never in the same town and in you know in the same phase of the uh of our careers yeah and i mean he's doing real Giorgio Giorgio Moroder doing Giorgio Moroder but those yeah. those guys yeah, were both massive influences on us as young men weren't they i mean yeah. for yes you know, yes absolutely yeah, Giorgio were. i can see a lot more in in what you did in the 80s but but for me you know garson's piano on that alan insane album you know i'll, I'll never forget how that yeah. made me feel yeah. I mean, it was one of the most emotional pieces of music i'd yeah. ever heard yeah. in my life yeah. Well, if I'm, isn't it? Wasn't um, um, "Love to Love You, Baby" the first thing that you played at the Rum Runner? Yeah, I said if, no. I mean, the very first show that I that I fronted Duran Duran for on the 16th of July, 1980, 
I still have the ticket. You, you had to buy a ticket. Um, <laughs> you had to get a ticket. You had to get a ticket. Uh, you know, no, I, we had to pay to get it at stage, yeah. Um, but, but now I kept one. I yeah. kept one as a as a men, as a memento. And um, that's interesting. Is that because you knew you knew that it was coming and this would be the date? Well, to I mark. just I just like yeah. collecting little bits of paper. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, tickets. generally, plastic <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, and the. the the first song that the, the the first song that came out of the band with me as a front man was um, "I Feel Love." I feel love, so not love to love mm. you, baby. What the hell? Exactly, am I, I feel love. Wow. Well, I feel so love. That's what I meant. Wow. I thought that was a bit weird. I thought no, that was sure a bit weird, wasn't it? it? Yeah, no, yeah. I, for some, I don't know why I thought that. That is amazing. I. Stop, no, 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 because away. I'd never realised. <laughs> so good, it's so good. Hey, watch it's it. You haven't so done, you haven't done so a warm-up. The, ma- the major so to minor. The major to minor on that. Oh. He, he hasn't done a warm-up yeah. yet. Oh, Simon, we're going to have to go back to those moments, though, you know, of, of you joining sure. the band. You know, sure. but before then, let's let's talk about you grow, growing up. Well, I just mentioned Mike Garson and listening to Aladdin Insane. Right. But 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 yeah. what was the what was the music that was turning you on as a as a kid? First of all, well, I mean the 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 first thing I really got. I mean, I, I remember hearing "She Loves You" when I was five years old thinking oh my god what's this but then I, I grew up in a house that was really full of classical music mm. um and i did i went to I, I did i went and performed um in festivals singing festivals and things competitions and i did but poetry, was that solo or was that drama, choral solo and then i and, and i kind of and i joined a choir i joined a choir in um, when i was 11. um but the thing which grabbed me first was T Rex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The song. Yeah, Ride me too. Me too. In fact, was in fact that was Tyrannosaurus Rex. They were they weren't T Rex at that point. Um, and it was that song. I just loved it. I was crazy yeah. about it. And then and then that kind of then after that it was, you know, David Bowie, and David Bowie. I, I mean, and my entry album to David Bowie really was Aladdin Sane. Which was the great mm. Mike Garson record. So whenever I think of Mike Garson, I think of diddling ding. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the opening the, of the end of time, Saturday. is it? Yeah. Ching, 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 yeah, ching, yeah. Ching, yeah. Um, so and and I was obsessed with David Bowie. I I used to draw pictures of David Bowie on my school exercise books instead of doing the schoolwork I was supposed to do. <laughs> so I had lots of lots of great pictures of David Bowie wearing his high heeled, you know, his platform shoes with the palm trees on, the one with the big kind of sun on the front of his forehead. And then there's the and, the, and trying to get that kind of that that zigzag thing exactly right over the over the, the shaved brow. I spent hours and hours and hours doing that. So when it came to um, physics exams and uh, maths exams and geography, I was thinking, oh. I don't know anything else to this stuff. <laughs> because what I've been doing. Do you, can I just do a bit of spiky orange hair instead? Yeah. Can I demonstrate Hook's law using the um, <laughs> the lightning flash from a no, it, it, it was it was better with Doctor <laughs> Hook's law. I think he could have done probably. <laughs> but but what but exactly? Hook. But what is it about that about Bowie? In a way, for all of us, it wasn't just just the music, was it? There were obviously it was entwined. But it was this otherworldliness. It was this escapism. It was this outrage. It was, mm. it was all of the lines with the, with the, for a, a pubescent boy were being blurred by this by this creature, and and and, mm. and he was ours. He wasn't 
he didn't belong to anyone older than us. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I love the kind of the alienness of yeah. him. He's the, the spaceman, the alien. Um, it wasn't a sex appeal thing for me, or if it was, I did. I wasn't recognizing it as such. Um, so yeah, he was. He was. He was. One and you for met. The you nerds. met him, obviously. <laughs> but yes, I met him a lot because we went. We were on tour together. Um, that's right. I remember coming to see that yeah. in Toronto. That's when you came to see us in Toronto when that's we were rehearsing. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. indeed in eighty-seven. Yeah. Yeah, how was that being all. on tour with David? Um, it was. It was wonderful, and it was a little bit annoying as well. Um, I mean, it just. It was great because we were on tour with David Bowie. It was. It was. Um, it was supposed to be sort of equal top billing, but. You, pretty soon realized that it wasn't what album it was his it his was the album. glass spider tour glass oh, yes, spider tour. so that was, and, was that the tonight um, album well it was it was the one after let's dance tonight. wasn't it it was no, 87 it was one after the one after one it after was, that yeah which is never let me down people are screaming at their telephones or radios now or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well you know but it, you see weirdly though because that you know it was it was a different kind of david bow to the one that i was idolizing um well, it's what he calls his phil collins period isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny yeah um yeah i mean i so it was but it was still david bowie the thing is that the record his record company had brought up the first seven rows of, of every auditorium and david had a meet and greet when while we were on stage so we so the first seven rows of all the auditoriums we played were empty so we had we had to get over right. that which was right, not so right. easy um but we hung out with him quite a bit and you know he, he oh god i remember once we were at the when the, the canal bar in new york and we sat down for a dinner and um, we're sitting there, and David's sitting next to me, and he got really drunk. And he managed to pour his red wine into my pasta. And went, oh, David, and he goes, and he goes, "What? Do you want to fight? Come on, let's let's have it out." You know, he got all, he got all boxy. I think he was kind of just starting to get into the boxing. Oh thing. my god! Come on, come and on! Did you outside? And did you? <laughs> no, no, but no, you know how times change like that. It's like you know, it's like you know when you're young and you 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 join the Labour Party and. And uh, and it's very exciting and different and exotic. And then you, when you finally get to meet anyone in the Labour Party, it's the Blair years, you know. And, and, and <laughs> that right. starts is kind of Bowie's Blair well, years. Not the Michael Foot <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but not the Harold no, Wilson years. But no, but it's but but, but no, but <laughs> these are the moments when we pinch ourselves when 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 out when we when we're on par with our heroes. And he would have been looking up to you. I I didn't. I never thought he would be. No, I don't think so. Then, I don't think so. so. I don't. I, I don't know. I was so in awe. It was. I was ridiculous. Did, did he join you on stage at any point? Did no. you do? Uh, no. no, we didn't do anything. Together. Simon, you wanted to be an actor. Was that? Did you want to be an actor? You did drama. I did. No, I did. I was. I was determined to be an actor. That was the thing that was going on. I. I studied drama pretty much from the age of five until eighteen. Music started to, to distract me. And I ended up sort of wanting to go down the pub with my punk mates and sort of missing drama classes. And I got spotted and I got told off, you know, and I thought and it, and then and then I kind of I, I still carried on. But I got um, I went I did audition, I auditioned for Central School of Drama and I got rejected after the second round. And I was so shocked by the rejection. I thought I'd, I thought I'd, I'd breeze it. I did. Um, 
And then, and, th- and that kind of made me think, well, maybe you're not as good as you Do you remember what your audition you piece was? <laughs> oh, God, no. Absolutely. Oh, was, no, I can't remember. I did so many of those things. Um, and, I, and then, and then um, I decided, and then I went to university. I went to um, University of Birmingham. And, and I, kind of get, I kept getting shoved out of roles into set design and into wardrobe. And mm. you know what I mean? And into sort of... That wasn't why you were there. Stuff. I thought they don't want me to act. Mm. There's me thinking I was sort of like a, you know, Simon Olivia <laughs> Le Bon. Um, <laughs> and actually, it was, um, you know, they, they, I was kind of going down a different road. And then I met the band, and suddenly I thought acting is all this, all this struggle, all this rejection, just to just to work, do somebody else's words, just to be somebody else that you know, it's been designed and you're just, you're just, just serving that. And here's my, here's me with my chance to go on stage now with my yeah. own. No, script. you're absolutely right. Because acting and is interpretive cause... where what, what you've yeah. done for all your, all of your career is, is, is not that at all. And so Simon, wait, cause there's a thing that John said when we had him on, which is that when you turned up, you had this notebook, you had this book of lyrics, which was yeah. just the golden thing. Mm. He said, that's mm. the mother load. That's what everyone in a band is looking for. The bloke with the words, you know. It's in this room somewhere, but I'd look at it. Oh, well, I'll never find it anywhere. Is that your accounts behind? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you hid it when you hid it. When the... Yasmin's, um, Yasmin's uh, photographs. Did, oh. did it get hidden covers. and lost when the um, man came? Is that what happened? In a scurry, a sm- in a moment of <laughs> papers flying? No, the book, the book is around somewhere. It's in this room. But I mean, honestly, you just want to see this. Along with all your bus tickets. Look at, look at the fucking mess in here. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I can't look at that. My OCD is... No, that's good. That's no, all, you no. can't. Don't look at it. Look at your lovely minimal <laughs> studio with a with a picture down in the corner and a guitar hey, growing out of your head. Um, I mean, honestly, don't he has a, Simon? Before we come on, he always has a go at me about my room. He, he, oh, I always have to move a couple of things. That. It's Mark and Mickey. Oh, wow. that's the picture in the corner. Anyway, um, but you t- you turned up with this book, and you turned up with uh, is it true leopard skin trousers? Yeah, the first time I met the band, I was. Well, the second time. It was a pair of faded... They were originally were kind of maroon leopard skin. Maroon oh, with those black ones. leopard yeah, skin yeah. spots on. But they'd actually kind of got washed a few times and, they, and they'd faded to pink. The introduction was your girlfriend, wasn't it? Who was working at the Ram Runner, or was it not? Well, yeah. it was... Yes, yeah, so it was a, girl, it was a girlfriend, girlfriend who, who'd, who'd moved <laughs> up to... We'd, we'd kind of broken up. We kind of... We, we got together, we broke up. Then she came to Birmingham. We, we lived together there and then... We broke up, and Fiona Kemp, lovely, lovely, lovely girl. Any relation? Oh, I she's, I, I no relation. I don't think. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. Um, so she t- suddenly turned up at my at the bedsit that I had in Mosley and said, um, "I've met this band and they're looking for a singer. I think you should audition for them." And I thought I was going to get a sympathy fuck, but. Um, it wasn't to be. And, well, inst- and, instead, you had to settle for joining Duran Duran. I, I, I had to settle for joining Duran Duran, yes. Um, and I went along, and it was right. You're right. I met them. We got on. We looked We looked, We looked. looked like we could be in the same band because we had the same sort of fashion sense. And I had this big book of lyrics. I mean, with about, you know, 30 songs, 30 bits of writing in there. And that's what they really wanted because mm. they had they had, they had, they had one song that they'd written lyrics to. It was called Secret Success. And, and they had, a, but they had some titles like Girls on Film and all the rest of it sort of 
just but, fell into place. The but were these time, lyrics or poetry? Um, it was well, some of it was lyrics, songs that I'd I'd, I'd been in the band before. I'd, I'd had two. I had two, but the first band I was in, well, actually, the first band it was called Bolo, as in Gatto. Um, <laughs> these not these, Bolo as in bollocks, then. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> We we never played any shows. We just rehearsed a bit. Um, and the second band was called Dog Days, and we played one show. And it was it was myself, uh, Pete Jones on bass, Olivia Bizardi, who then who worked for um, Sony Music later on, um, on drums. Alan Sinclair, who played with Spear of Destiny, he was on mm. guitar. Carol. Carol on keyboards. Ca Carol, Carol. Uh, no, I didn't know. Car I know Carol's surname. It's just gone right out of my head. Um, Isaac, Carol Isaacs, Carol Isaacs, and um, and me on me on um, on on the microphone. And um, we rehearsed in Ryslip, and um, we played one show at Harrow Tech. I was at art school at the time. I was there at, arts, at Harrow Art School, and we played at, at, on the floor. Not on the stage because because the main band Supercharge wouldn't let wouldn't let us share their what, stage. What the funk band? The funk band Supercharge. With Lol, yeah, was it Lowell Coxhill? Was a sax player in there? No, I, I think. Yeah. I don't know what his name was. He went. The guy went and anyway, played for all the punk bands. But anyway, we we played we played our support set. We were supposed to be on for half an hour. We we, we went over over our deadline. They pulled the plug. We carried on unamplified. With me, all you could hear was me screaming and the drums going. <laughs> and then we finally stopped went right we're all going down the pub um half the, half the audience left with us and as we walked out we heard the um the mc go thank you dog shit <laughs> dog shit have left we building. had songs we had songs like Was that Bolo featuring dog shit? only room for ro robots oh yeah. fantastic oh, but had you been going to the rum runner not but not at that point that was before I went to Birmingham. That was when I was about sort of 18. Yeah. Because the Rum Runner was the club. It was the sort of the, yeah. the Bowie Night Blitz club. We, of Yes, it was. It, well, it but was, it was also it was. like the String Fellows and everything, wasn't it? It, was, no. it had a much no, broader remit, was Liberties. didn't it? No, that oh, was, was it? Liberties. Oh, okay. You're getting, right. No, it was never like String Fellows. Oh, okay. Um, well, I just thought it was more, main, is, more of a mainstream sort of place, no, which had a cool night. Well, there, no, it wasn't. It was, um, it was, uh, it was a real music place. The Rum Runner okay. was. I mean, it had there was there was soul and funk night, and there was what on Friday nights what was called um, Bowie Roxy night, and that was that was the new romantic night, and that mm -hmm. was the night that everybody used to come to. That was the night that you guys came to. Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a yeah, Friday yeah. night. You came after the Botanical Gardens show. That's right. That's right. I, which I, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was a fantastic show. So, and yeah, because I know you, I didn't really know you guys then. And we, we, we'd, we'd done Top of the Pops and we'd, we came up with our London entourage and played in Birmingham. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think I think we were quite, you know, we knew there was a big scene up there because there was that there was that scene with Carn and Bell, that shot with Carn and uh, Bell. Yes, right, Jane Carn and Patty Bell. Uh, which yeah. had all the, all their, new, you know, wild clothes and stuff. Yeah. And so we knew that we had to go there first, Birmingham. And there was this other band there, and we ended up going back to, I think it might have been Paul Barrow's flat or I something. I think you stayed at Margaret's house. We all, really? Yeah, that's, Margaret was That the, sounded so Margaret, loaded. You stayed well, at Margaret's no, no, house. That's, that's a great, I mean, that's a great rumour. Okay. Margaret was really she was the secretary of the of the Barrow brothers and she worked in the office at um, the Rum Runner. I think I, I 
The story was that all of you guys went and stayed there that night and somebody had sex with her. And which, and which which i thought was which i have to say is perfect you know if you're thinking about sort of 20 year olds in in, in, the, in the beginnings of the 80s it's perfectly normal you know yeah. there's a there's a there's a single girl and a bunch of guys one of them's gonna have sex with her yeah and, and i but i swear it's normal, I, right i i ended up on the floor with right. well, who i think and i'm sure now because we've had conversations about it was nick uh, and, and, so you and, end up on the floor. Somebody's <laughs> on the sofa, and somebody else was in Margaret. I know. And, <laughs> and Nick telling me that he, you guys had a band, you know, and and you were, you know, coming from a similar background. Of course, I thought nothing of it then, not realizing that we would, uh, we would cross each other's paths for the next ten years at least, and more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, we we didn't, but I, I think you guys were sort of. I don't know. We, I, you guys were kind of, you were a lot more important and we were determined to, to, to be as important as you guys. That's how it felt at the time. So we, we were determined and we knew we were going to make it, but I don't think you guys were ever kind of, um, you know, and in the same way as we would never kind of meet young bands and think, Oh, they're going to be big one day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just meet other bands. And, and yeah, it's, but it was a you've scene. got so much on your plate. You've got so much on your plate. You don't you don't see any. There's no rivalry. There's none of that stuff going on. It's sort of, it, it's just you know we we're all we're all in this and we're all struggling to keep our heads heads above the water. Because when you, it was when exciting. You, sorry, sorry, guy. Oh no, well yeah, it wasn't that. But no, I was just saying because when you first got together with the lads, you you didn't actually have that new romantic thing to hang your hat on did you did you not really no were you, we were the, finding what what, what it was going to be absolutely and we read the article in the nme um and the word and the phrase new romantic was in that article and i thought i like that and i put it in i put it into the lyric of um, planet earth That's like right. some new romantic looking for the tv sound mm-hmm. and 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 as soon as i did that it put us in into the whole scene. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TV sound, how prophetic was that? Because mm. you didn't know what was coming around the corner because the great yeah, medium yeah. for all of us, which took us all by surprise, because not one of us at that point thought we had to make videos in our yeah, career. Really. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That was all we thought was, for, you know, we're going to talk to journalists, make great records yeah. and yeah. look good on yeah. stage. You know, and, and what, what was to come? But I think the excitement of being part of a scene and that, that there was rumor and we already knew of the human league up in sheffield and what they were doing right. and yeah. and um and simple minds as well you know that's there was yeah absolutely oh yeah well yeah, i, I, I often was... wonder because there's there's so many bands who then 
became part of the same sort of school, but at the time they weren't because Simple Minds came out of you. You know, they were they started as a punk band, didn't they? Yeah, well, I think they, if you if you go back to the very early sort of like sort of nineteen eighty and and, and eighty one, nineteen eighty really. I just think of what was on the dance floor, what, what music was being played on on the on 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 Roxy Bowie Roxy night Friday night at the Rum Runner, and it was it was Bowie, it was Roxy, it was um, Craftwork, perhaps. Well, no, no, no. no. Um, Mick uh, Ronson, right? Only, yeah, only yeah, after, yeah, only yeah, after yeah, yeah, yeah. The Passenger, um, Iggy Pop. Um and uh and um little 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 you know simple minds. Is that um, travel? Is that the one song. from Empire and Dance? No, no, no. It's um oh no, no. that's called Change Lane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had then 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 he started to get the sort of the stuff, the new romantic stuff that came from London, like um like Visage was getting played, you guys and um Ronnie. Yeah, yeah Ronnie, Ronnie, the beautiful the, the, tall the, the French, French model. Um, if you, she did. She did a cover of oh, "If You Want Me to Stay," yes, didn't she? That's right. If you want me to stay, I'd be around someday. Because there was this kind <laughs> of oh, very, very French, right? Very, very oh. good no, French. But, that, but, but he's right. And I think what turned us onto that kind of feel was there. Were, Cabaret had come out. The movie Cabaret. I was really reminded of this recently because I went to see the the play that's on in, on in London, and and yeah. how that movie influenced a lot of of what we were doing. You know that sort of Weimar Republic right. feel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, that was that was the line, wasn't it? Something about um, sca scanning scanning maps of. Somebody said that the new romantics they they they'll be there on a Saturday afternoon, running up new pairs of jodhpurs and scanning maps of Germany for snappy song titles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you when you you signed your record deal, EMI. I mean, that was a big one, and and you you landed that. John yeah. told us you landed that with only seven songs in your armory. Well, well, seven songs ready to record, but there was, I mean, there was also the whole album, the whole Rio album that was, that we were playing. We were playing songs that would become. Oh, you already Rio had those songs. And they oh. were already, they were, see, but we didn't, we didn't have difficult second album syndrome. We had difficult third album syndrome. I just wanted to talk about Colin you know? um, Thurston. Oh, right. Who yes. produced that album and what an uh, important guy he was in the transition between post-punk and the 80s sound you know because he did magazine yeah. hadn't yeah. he and well he'd done he'd also he was the engineer on uh, station, to station oh yes that's right yeah yes, yeah he'd done Bowie. That's, yeah. that's where we that's what we were impressed by um and he and he really was such an important part of our sound you know the things he did like you know gated snare drum and then playing, and then playing back the snare drum to us through a microphone, and recording recording what happens to the snare when you play the actual track back through. The, it sounds weird, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Little tricks like that. And we did tape phasing, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, all these old, old, all these real old. It sounds like, great that album. Though. Tape. That, I, I mean, I was going to say I, yeah. I was listening this morning. It stands up so well. It's it's really it's it's like it's as exciting. As it was then. It's, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, has, it hasn't dulled at all. It's fantastic. Planet Earth, yeah. Absolutely. It was 
Yeah. It's a great garage record, isn't it? Yes. It's like one of the, you know, I like to think, to cut a long story short, is, is, is partly in there, but you really got me, my generation. I mean, the, the, you know, Anarchy in the UK. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> there are yeah. certain songs that define a youth culture. Uh, you know, Planet Earth is one yeah. of one of those moments. I'll, I'll take that as a, as a compliment. Not what a nice <laughs> list to be on. I'll never Thank forget you, that, that closing shot of the video of you jumping off the edge. But let's yeah. talk about... <laughs> and, he's, and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of Giant Run. Well, yeah, for all the flat earthers. <laughs> but it is the video, isn't it? The videos of everything. I mean, it's way all of us... I mean, you know, we, we, I mentioned this earlier about the surprise that the importance of videos had. And of course, and you, you did this... You had the nerve, and I remember being so jealous that you'd done the girls on film... Uh, with Godley and Craig, oh, we right. had Lol on here yeah. a, 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 a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, How is he? He was great. He was lovely when we spoke to him. Oh, good. Love that. Good. Good. <laughs> Beavering away with Trevor Horn. Yeah. It's so sweet. They just sit around the studio all day telling each other stories. It's just adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but, did, 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 but I mean, let's, let's just talk about that whole MTV thing because really yeah. you, you nailed it with MTV. Right. And Thank you. And I think yeah. all of us, you know, that was our, that was the train that we all had to get on to, to, to do well in, in the States. And what's funny is that MTV comes along in America and decides to focus its attention on the yeah. UK. Yeah, I, I think there was, it was, there, was, there was this kind of wave of new music also coming out of the UK at the time. America just wasn't really doing anything that, 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 that was, that was any, anywhere near as, as free and experimental. I mean, they had, they had Our Daughter's Wedding and that was about it. Um, so I think a big, a, a big, a big a really important part of that, I think, was Paul and Michael Barrow. Uh, Mike, um, Paul in particular, the managers who, was, who managed you. Yeah, they were, he was very, he was, he was, had a real vision. And I think he sort of in the back of his mind wanted to be a film director at that point, which he sort of, or he bought a film producer, which well, they he did. did they went on to what they, yeah. yeah. But it, and that was the beginning of it. And he went traveling, he went to, you know, went to Machu Picchu and went to Sri Lanka. Um, and, um, and he was on he was on boats and things, and that you can really trace the, the sort of the locations of a lot of those videos back to him. So it's definitely the Sri Lankan video, definitely the Antigua, um, Rio, and uh, didn't you all yeah, happen to be on holiday in Antigua at the time? Wasn't well, there a, uh, it was no, it, was, it didn't quite work out like that. I think I can't. I mean, that's that's one version of it. I I know that we were on our way from. Um, from I think it was from we we did we we finished the album the Rio album in London. Nick stayed on to mix it with um, Colin. We flew to Sri Lanka to shoot the videos there. Nick joined us. Um, and we shot. <laughs> that's the story of Nick turning up in 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 um, Colombo Airport wearing a blue oh yeah the a blue leather, leather suit. sort of <laughs> sort of um, Weimar Republic um, sort of suit. Was it Wehrmacht? Um, but that's the kind of thing that you can't talk about now. And um, and and we we did the videos there, and and then something was happening. You could feel there's this excitement, and the video went. I, thought, I remember when we were shooting the stuff for um, Save a Prayer on the beach down um, near Gaul, and thinking this 
there's something this is amazing there's a real feeling there's something very special i've never seen anything like this before with music so from that from that video shoot we went to we got on an airplane and flew to um australia by the time we got to australia we were world rock stars mm-hmm. we were we become massive almost it felt like it was while we were in the air we landed <laughs> and we were and we were proper stars in australia and we had to and then we did it we did some shows there and they were amazing and then we had to go to america and we and, and they said can you go go to america via um antigua because we need to shoot some some more video and we did we just we you know if they said if they said go to um antigua to shoot video we went okay fine so we went to antigua shot the video and we stayed on there for the holiday and was Russell Mulcahy the director? He, was he following you he around? He sort of was. I mean, you know, but it, you know, he was, he was, um, yeah, he, you know, he'd done, he'd done the Vienna, he'd done the video for Vienna for Ultravox before us. There's a, yeah. there's a band. He, he worked with us. We did. Um, yeah. He did Musclebound with us. He did a few videos right, for us. Right. Right. And he was, and and he suddenly became a very, very important, important part of not just our setup, but I've been, mean, I think, you know, one of the most important video directors. In the world at that time, you oh, know, no, he his, was the Spielberg, his, wasn't he, of that world? He, really. Yeah, I mean, his yeah, yeah, his 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 as as video exploded uh, with MTV, and as 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 you exploded, as we exploded, so did Russell. I think what those videos, those international flavored videos, you know, exotic places that you were traveling to, what they were. What they expressed to everyone was that you were a global yeah. band. They were yeah. like set. They were sending postcards yeah. from the front back home. And the front and was saying, beautiful. Yeah, you know, so there was aspirational. In the same way as sort it. of a generation before, it would have been James Bond films that did that, that showed people yeah. these, you know, exotic. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and of course, you know, that was our medium of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, that said something about our lifestyle. In the same way, bands now have to be on TikTok to show whatever they're doing at any right. given time. <clears throat> you could still, you know, retain mystique, and and be in, in these in these wonderful places. But I think there was something else where your music seemed to match the visuals too, because that album, you know, that We're had about Rio, an exotic yeah. Rio. It had an exotic yeah, feel to yeah, it. Right. It's called it had Rio. the best qualities. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it had the sound yeah. of it. Where it had a, had a lushness to it at times. You know, I mean, that particular song, "Save a Prayer," and um, you know, that was. Akin to the later part of, of Roxy Music style, yes, which, sort of the Avalon, which, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I, yeah which, there was. There, I think you're right. I think we wanted. Well, John came up with the title Rio. I think he was thinking he was sort of he's looking at Roxy's Fiesta. I think what's what's like that? What's like that? And he got Carnival. <laughs> no, not it's a bit, it's a bit of fairground, isn't it? Fate, Rio, <laughs> and he's the one who said, "I think we should Fate. have a song called Rio." I went, yep, I think I can write that. And um, we took an existing song, which is which is a time called Amy a Go Go, and um, just just Amy a Go Go. No, we never had that. That was my that was my vocal okay. melody. That was my vocal melody. I came up with that. Um, the only thing was just it was just the backing was um, was there, but the, but the melody I came up with. But so you, um, these are all these songs that you had already had half written whilst you were doing the first album. Yeah, they were That's... because it was we were work we were that one we were we were performing as Amy a go go. I think it went oh lace oh lo say me oh oh la so laugh was it? 
can't remember what how's that go again? That's um do do re mi fast do fast la ti do a mi a go go It's a bit like that. I kind of picked it up and I thought I always thought it was a bit crap. And um and then it's gonna make your fortune in the end. I became Rio. I was watching this, I was in Birmingham, I went to a a little rest like a cafe and I was watching this very, very I couldn't take my eyes off the um, the waitress who was the way she was moving around the floor, and that's the way that's where the lyric comes from. Moving on the floor now, baby, you're a bird of paradise. And it was this 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 waitress in in a Birmingham cafe. You probably talk like this. <laughs> if she did, how I'd was... have loved her. <laughs> hey, how was oh. the writing process, Simon? How was the writing process in the band? How did it? De- how does it ever develop? Because you've always you've you've never sort of said, "Oh, this is written by." By, by no, Nick, well, nothing by really you. is. I mean, we, we. How is it? How is the process? A, there, well, you know, there's a there's a, a absolute um, an equality in the band. There's no band leader in Duran Duran. I mean, you know, Nick wants he he he's, he wants to look at Nick and John like to look after the art side of things. You know, I do a lot of the of the kind of the, the stuff that involves words. Um, but there's no there's no clear leader, and um, and that means that everybody's involved at the writing level and everybody participates financially as well. And so you go in the, we go in the room and one of the kind of, one of the sort of the rules, which is, is, is you don't go in with any preconceived ideas. You go with a really empty head, Um, which, which can mean that things take time to start going, to get going. But when they do get going, you, you're you're really open to to the inspiration, and and you get really I think you get very inspired writing that way. Yeah, but what if what if someone does have a preconceived idea? <laughs> well, they, you, no, you, no. You, you've just got to slip it in quietly. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look what I just thought of. <laughs> Choir boy. <laughs> oh no, I wanted to because this choir boy thing. By the way, you mentioned because I saw an old documentary of you, um, where you go back and you went and saw your old choir master. Oh or, right, yes. And you and he and the, he played a recording of when you were in the choir, yeah. and you yeah, were so yeah. hard on yourself. It's unbelievable. It's like it's from a show. Oh no, no. <laughs> oh, it's funny. No, no. I was thinking, mate, give yourself a break. Oh, was that one one bit? And at the end of it, I was going, yeah, running out of breath. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, pushing that. Oh, there it goes. It's like you're, it was... you're your nightmare dad. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was kind of it was very liberating to be able to say that in front of him, oh, because bad. he was he was my choir master and gracious critic, and 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 I and it was like, and and I was kind of saying, yeah, I know how you would have heard that then. I know how you would have listened to it, and I, <laughs> I know what you've picked up on. And, I, and it's I, I, he's such a wonderful person, um, Michael Turvey. Um, I think he's an MBE, Michael Turvey MBE. He's a he's done so much for not not just teaching kids how to sing, but so much for the church, so much for the community. He's an absolutely wonderful man. Rio's so massive, and you're you're enormous. You're the new Beatles in America. You know, you just I mean everything has come your way i i i think the hardest time to go and write is when you're when you've achieved Mm. everything you need to achieve and you've got to just keep the status quo that's the most difficult period in any band's career i mean i I think we do you remember that what we do is we close off all of that other stuff we close off to the to the to, to the 
you know, so-called success. We close off to all kind of ideas of celebrity and fame and what all that means. And we just go, go back to music and lyrics. Mm. But you did have quite a hard time on, on the next one, didn't you? That was Seven and the Ragged Tiger? Yeah, it? but I mean, it's, we've had, I mean, okay. The thing, about, the thing about us is that music comes to us very easily. Mm -mm. You know, music, um, uh, harmonic structures and melody, which is kind of my bit of it. That comes very easy. Words always uh, take mm -hmm. longer. And, 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 and since Seven and the Ragged Tiger, that has always been the case, right up until the last album. But, it, but this one, we had, the, we had the indulgence of lockdown, of a year of, of, right. of, of you know, pandemic for me to get my ducks in a row and actually get some decent words written down. Michael Hutchins <laughs> always used to say to me, if you get, my, if you get writer's block, he said, he says, what, he says what, what I do, and I'm not going to try and do his accent, he says, what I do is I just write, the, write anything that comes in my into my head, any old rubbish, any old crap. And if you carry on long enough, it starts to get good. And actually, there's something in that. There's something in the idea that you've got to get the stuff that you've got in the front of your mind, that you've got to get, got, got to get it out before the better stuff start, has a chance to get through. Well, it's blocked. Something like audience. a pomegranate. For, you know, the, great, the, the, um, the writing stuff you saw on Get Back when... When was it Lennon suggests to George Harrison something like a pomegranate? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, but that's yeah. absolutely true. You know, I think it's called the Artist Way. There's a great yes. book. Yes, uh, somebody that, else was telling me about this you. the other day, and I said I I do that too. It's a stream yeah. of well, consciousness. Think of how you should write every morning when you first get up, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, you should, to get the no, crap for out, me, throw it away. For me, yeah, for me, writing lyrics is is always. I know I have to work. A little bit longer than I than I really want to. So, because at the beginning it is all front yeah. brain consciousness, yeah. and and then to to get into that the best stuff, you've got to really work through all that yeah. that before it starts to come out. Do you ever have you ever though taken what you see as a, a, a as a as a fully written lyric into the band and said, look, I'd really like to try and work with this um, idea. Lyric. I've taken fully written songs into the band. I took I took right. Nightboat in. I took um, I took uh, the chauffeur in. But then they always get changed anyway, which is fair enough. Is that by the band um, or by you? I was just wondering. Singers' lyrics are essentially your department. Do you have sort of a veto on that or uh, on lyrics? Yeah. Yes, because it's my mouth that they yeah. have to come out of. Right. When, ultimately, right. when we're recording and when we're on stage, more importantly. So I I, so I do say I can't say if, if there's thing, somebody else comes up with words which they don't all that much to be honest with you. Um, but Nick and John do 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 have ideas lyrically, and sometimes they're something I'll be going, no, nah, I don't think so. But other times I go, wow, that's great. I like that. That's different. I'd have never come up with that idea myself. And that's what's, that's what's nice. Um, I don't really write much poetry. I do write little phrases and things, but I'm always thinking of songs. So it's, 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 I'm more likely to come in with a, with, a, with a riff and a lyric than just a lyric on its right. own. Right. Let's talk about that period when you kind of all did your own thing right. for a bit, which I remember at the time thinking... What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know, very <laughs> Duran Duran. Why yeah, do they want to be in Arcadia at the power station? Well, it, it was power station started first. Um, you know, I think that had a lot to do with that was very much, I think, Andy, um, his his rock aspirations. And I think he uh, he and 
John was willing to go along with that with him. But um, but I, I I'm lazy and I thought oh I'll have a I'll have a year off I think I'll go and I'll go and sail around the world and then I but then I got a call from Nick saying we can't let them do this and not do anything ourselves we'll have to do something Charlie um, so <laughs> so I so we we well, I went okay all right then so we went to uh, Paris oh we had a great time in Paris well and you had again you like you called in some great. I musicians. know, extraordinary. I mean, Grace really? Jones, Herbie Hancock, yeah, I mean, Dave Gilmore. A somewhat underused David Gilmore, I would have said on that. Is what that... do you mean? On that record? Yeah. Oh, we, it, we, we used... Just... We, but Sorry. He, well, no, we only had him for a short while, and he, everything he played, we used. Oh, okay. We didn't, right. we didn't have him for the whole album. We no, no, that, we, no. Like but I said, we had songs, some... He's on for like shit. one or two Mark songs. Egan. But even then, yeah. Mark Egan on bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that was extraordinary. He just come. And whose call completely. was that? Who who who? Is um, this that was from Alex. You Alex, from you? Alex, right. Alex Adkin. Oh, of course. Because Alex was the Alex was the Alex was the producer. Phil Thornley came to right. begin with. He lasted one week, and he saw how, how how things were going and how we were doing writing and recording. And he and he just disappeared one night, and it was like a Friday night, and he didn't come into the studio on Saturday. And then um, he left a note for Alex saying, "I can't, I, I, I can see where this is going. Um, it's not my cup of tea. I'm off." Or, or, or the light, or the light words. I don't blame him actually. Because you know it what? took the album... such. It was a, it was a long process that one. But I also loved that. I loved the Power Station album as well. I really enjoyed listening to that. That's got some fantastic. Mm -hmm. Do you think, looking back though, that 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 you should have ploughed on and made the next no, album? No, because I think I think we would have fallen out in, in a different way had that been the case. There was all kinds of pressure on the band. There was there was pressure from from the industry around us that was all kind of um, that we were the we were kind of the the cash cow in a way. Although I mean I'm not saying that that um, that. They only only survived because of us, but the, the, but we were the we were the center, we were the hub of of, of merchandising, record record industry, a live industry, you know that, that was all centered around around around, and and the management and the and the surrounding industry did not want us to do anything but do around around, and that put pressure on us. I think it was in a way it was us exercising our will not to just do what people wanted us to do and told us to do you know and i think and because there, there were there were tensions developing inside of the band and um and it was a big break from that and it was and it was good to do something different you know well what's interesting is it's never happened since and you you know you've no well i think are, you know. but, yeah but you know so we so we came back from we can, so we did Power Station and um, Cadia, and then we got back and we did um, Notorious, and it wasn't quite as successful as the as the pre um, Power Station Arcadia Duran Duran was. It's yeah, and then the next one members. was a bit less. Successful. You had lost two but, members, which yeah. is a big. So ask. it all kind of yeah. it all seemed we started we kind of started a decline. And then we managed to pick it up with um, the wedding album, An Ordinary World, and Come Undone, and, and which was such a surprise to us. You know, so this... You became a 90s this, this, band. This, there was this much, album. It was huge. It was huge, this, that whole thing. You were, I like, know, you were, we made like, the like album. You that, you. So, yeah. We made the album in Warren's front room in a small, in a small house in Battersea, um, you know, and, uh, and 
it was it, it was extraordinary. I mean, we've got to talk about Warren a little bit, I think. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And Andy, everybody knows about Andy, but Warren sort of he is an extraordinary talent, an extraordinary creative talent. He's almost too talented. I mean, he's he it's I remember sort of what started off with great, great ideas towards the end of our, our time with Warren ended up with me coming to studio after bunking off for most of the week and, and Warren going, Oh, Charlie, we've, uh, we've, we've, um, we've done the, we've done uh, the chords, uh, done the melody. All he had to do is write the words. And, and it was and it, I kind of, that really got to me that did. Cause that's the hard <laughs> yeah. bit. You mean I can't do the fun bit. Yeah, exactly. You've had all the fun. Yeah. But he, but also he is, you know, he's an extraordinary artist. He really is amazing. Are you still in touch? Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, I don't know if you know, but we've been nominated uh, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I did. We is, do know. Yes. And that's congratulations. Which is, which is quite a quite big news. Now I know that we've got a cat's chance in hell of actually getting um, inducted. But if we did get chosen to be inducted it would mean going on stage with warren and andy of course which is interesting yeah and you'd you'd have probably have to do ordinary world with warren and do 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 something else with maybe maybe but it's a fascinating it's a fascinating situation and i'm i'm kind of so i kind of hope well of course i hope we do get the induction but your your relationship with andy how is i've always had a good relationship with andy Always, I've never. Because I went to see sorry. that get back together. I went to see that get back together show yeah, in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. When you had that brilliant introduction, which actually <clears throat> I think we probably semi-ripped off when we got back together, but where you all came out on stage one by one and stood yeah. at the front, just yeah. looking, staring at yeah. the audience, all five members, and I remember coming, and I was filled with that strange mix of euphoria for what was going on. And huge envy, you know. So, but it became the driving force to get me to, to yeah. try and get my band back together yeah. again. I love the fact that the bass. And, I, and saw, it, I saw it was Town and Cut the Forum, wasn't it, when you played there? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I came to that. Absolutely. It was fantastic. And, I saw, and the bass was so fantastically loud. I just remember thinking, I know. good lad. Well, we, good we lad are a, job. We're a very bass-driven yeah. band, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I always say, I was, I, I always say, it's, it's, it's the bass which gives me melody lines. It's always, it's always, it's because it, the bass has so many harmonics. I hear so many notes in, when when the bass is playing, and that's really what gives is the first thing that inspires me to come up with melodies to find that what I call the the golden path. Ah, interesting. Funny enough, because John just recently got a Lifetime Achievement Award from Bass Magazine, and I was asked to say a few words about him, which I was very, very pleased to do. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, John Us singers, John, we don't read uh, Bass absolutely. Magazine, you know. Of course you don't. That's why but, I'm but telling how... you, because of the, for our listeners, because no one reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How was it? How did it feel for you, though, to get that five original members back together? Was that hard work to make that happen? Was that a I think everybody sort of wanted situation? it to happen at that time. At the time, um, well, me and, and Nick and John were the, were the kind of drivers of getting it, getting it happening. Um, and it was getting Roger and Andy on board was, was what, we, what we saw as being the tricky part. But I think that they were at a stage in their lives where it made complete sense to do it. And it, it was, you know, they needed to, you know, you, we, me and John and Nick kept Duran Duran in our lives or kept being in Duran Duran for a, a long time. 
and they kind of stopped in the mid mid 80s so 15 years we 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 kind of got used to it but they hadn't had it and i i think if i was him i'd have wanted it very much too because at one point it was just you and nick wasn't it it went down to me and nick in 97 yeah duran yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah but i mean but we hung on you know it's never we've ne there's never not been a duran duran since 1980 do you do you feel obviously a lot of your audience and a lot of our audience and 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 various pop bands um to use that term uh, of the of that period were were female dominated audience the, the audience was female dominated yeah. now and, now the artists are female and yeah oh. but the front that, people that's right female. that's right but now, but there was that there is that feeling in music that female fans can be more fickle and uh, and pop fans especially and can move from you to another band or is there that sense I say there's two questions here one is there the sense that these guys have always been there to support you and are still there has your audience grown at all but also how did you feel was there ever that moment thinking I just want to be taken seriously as a musical band and not just as pretty kids I think I think as a band we sort of we used to we used to come out of a show go oh most guys yet you know All right. um and then and then and then that changed and then sort of sort of so now we go on and it, it's like most girls yet now because because where it used to be girls that followed us it's sort of over the years you find the guys have come out of their uh, from under under the shadow of the girls and 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 they're the ones who sort of follow us now I actually um, there's a quote I remember of Nick's from like back in the mid 80s and it was someone leveling the accusation of being a teeny bot band and right. Nick said something brilliant he just said little girls are cool little girls discovered the Beatles yeah yeah <laughs> the men don't know so, but yeah. the little girls understand because <laughs> I because I think that's what the balance in the band is has always been so why it's been so successful is because you've got the you know I, we, I love Nick. You know, he's a great friend yeah. of mine. But the yeah. absolute artiness of Nick. Yeah. Uh, and what he brings to the party. People from Japan that you've never heard of. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and, and, then, and, and then and then you, John. You know, John has always been... Hang know, on, I, I brought him. Chai to the new album. That was me. Well, we, yeah, we were talking about that we earlier, uh, Guy and I. Um, about how um, about your collabs on this album. How all new we artists have sort of these mad names. Uh, yeah. Collabs that I had, yeah, it's like that. No one has normal names anymore. They're not called. <laughs> no. And it goes to featuring tool, tool the law. featuring yeah. John. You know, it's oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, tool the law. Tool, I mean, tool the law. I mean, she's uh, amazing. Well, she's a big star. Ivorian Doll. Ivorian Doll is. Ivorian um, Doll. She. Uh, I mean, I, her and Chai are two uh, artists that I'd come across in my um, work for the radio show, actually. Um, and and they are and they are incredible. I mean, Chai, the energy that they brought to that song that saved it from going in the bin. Kind of likewise, Ivorian Doll actually. You know, Hammerhead was heading into the bin, I think, before she got on it. How does it work? Do you make the call and they come in and then you say, "What tracks do you like?" Or we've got this one well, in that's, mind. Or... Well, what, they, they, they were all a bit different, really. Um, the one with with uh, more joy. Well, more joy and and Hammerhead. I, we approached those, the artists, um, both Chai and Ivorian Doll, with that song and said, we'd like you to do something on this song. Whereas um, Tuvalo, 
um, that was a completely different, that was a completely different situation because it was that somebody turned up, somebody sent a list of artists who Duran Duran ought to collaborate with to the management and the man and management um, sent it to us. And there's a great long list. And it was, it was a bit stupid actually, because it had things like Justin Bieber and, um, and uh, uh, what's the name? Um, Taylor Swift at the top. We thought, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Adele, yeah, right. Um, and then you get Brad Pitt in the video, and exactly, <laughs> you know, yeah. And and sort of down down the list, we saw we saw um, Tuvalo, and John and I both went, oh, we've seen her because we, we actually stood side stage and watched her at Lollapalooza in um, Sao Paulo um, when we did when we did that that festival, and we said, well, at least we know who she is, I and mean, she's actually pretty good. We've got a connection there, so we we actually decided to send something to her, and the, and and the record company, in their wisdom or management, in their wisdom, sent the entire demo album, every song, all of the music, and it was like, oh no, well, I, <laughs> I thought that's the wrong way to do it, um, and of course, and she came back with um, she wanted to be on Give It All Up, which I thought was finished. I thought, no, I've done it's me. I've done that. I don't want to share the vocal on that with anybody. Um, and but and then Nick Nick said, well, do you think you could maybe you can just kind of convince her to sing on something else? I said, no. If she's made a mind up that she wants to sing on that song, there's no way we're going to change her mind. She's just going to say, oh, well, I won't do it then. Um, so. We we I said let's just see what she does when she when she sends what she what she can do on the demo let's see if we like it and she sent back this demo it was fantastic and it and it and I realised at that point that I'd have to write another verse for me to sing on um, it was it was brilliant because and I guess you did it remotely have yeah you... that we did everything remotely except for obviously Graham who's in the room writing with us and Ivorian Doll who lives in um, she lives up. Uh, City Road, I think. Oh, you've ruined it now. I'm I mean, sorry. I've already doll should have come from a the Ivory Coast. World. Well, <laughs> she does. I mean, if I think her family is from the Ivory right. Coast, her family's from the Ivory Coast. But if you listen to her, she's all I'm leaking from my SDDs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. She's, she's very funny. Her lyrics yeah. are very funny, um, and she's very London. And that's what I wanted. I wanted that kind of, you know, what they what they call multicultural <coughs> London. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like modern London rap, um, and I wanted that on the record. I wanted that sound, of, and I thought it would really benefit that song in particular. Sorry, guys. No, no, you go. I was, I was just going to say, what, you what know, next? we all seem to be. Everyone seems to be very into doing um, featured artists now. Is um, this? It is. Yeah. Is it? Is it a thing that keeps you in feeling contemporaneous? Um, not particularly um well contemporaneous because we've got um collaborations on the record with younger artists but, this, so it, but interestingly um, I, this is a feature of music generally if you look at the top yeah, 20 all the yeah, records yeah. are this featuring this yeah, featuring, featuring, yeah and it spreads the social media well i think that's that's the kind of it's trying to double the power of your social media and, and your pull really your your, your appeal um, and th- and that's the way that um, the industry thinks about it. But of course, we think about what's going to make a song sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and okay, all right, yeah, we're going to do a collaboration. But then, as soon as you you find the right one, and if you put enough time in, and you just don't go for somebody because they've got a big name or they've got the right name, and actually help them do it as well, which which we did with all of them. Um, then then you. 
do you get end up with something that you're invested in and you think wow that is great it's better than we could have done on our own and what you haven't done is go down that sort of route of of, of being pushed out to sweden to meet max martin and get him to write the album <laughs> for you right yes you know yeah. you're well, still a writing yeah. force i mean you band. know that's not going to happen with us because but we love the writing stage that's the that, that's the most it in a way it's the purest but also the most satisfying part of the job when you know when you come up with that with that melody or that or that phrase that lyric that really does it perfectly you think oh god i love that feeling it I mean you know when you listen back to the to the demo and the, and the hairs yeah. come up on the back of your neck yeah. um it's it's an incredible feeling, and only music does it. Only music can gen can can I can inspire that this sort of passion in me for sure. I love it. I've always loved it, um, and I'm so, I feel so lucky to still have it this far in. Simon, this is absolute perfect time to yeah. end as well. And uh, thank you, and congratulations on the new album. You know, I mean, the last thank time you. I saw yeah. last time I saw you was at Pete Tong's award event. Yes, and you were very nervous because you wanted your album to do well. And it, yeah. I know, I think the day after it went in at number three, and uh, and I thought about you when I saw that chart position and how thrilled you must have been. And congratulations yeah. on the uh, on the nomination. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. You. I'll vote for and, you. Don't and worry. Thank I'm on the you list. for thank you guys for still being around, still making music, still being into it, and doing yeah. this podcast. It, it's uh, it's fabulous. Oh, thank you very mm. much, Simon. Mate, one one last question: Where does Wush come from? Um, yeah. It's the sound. Well, it started off as the sound of the receiver heading towards the cradle. So whoosh, bang. Um, but it became, for me, it became the sound of your mind expanding to take on a new idea. Because I've got lovely texts from you on my phone. Yes, you always yeah. put whoosh at the yes, end so of it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's my sign-off. It's my, it's my tag. All righty. Well, thanks, thanks for chatting. Lovely to talk to you guys. Yeah. Well, that's a lovely way to wrap it up. That is indeed a lovely way to wrap it up. And what a lovely chat that was. And what a nice things he said at the end. Yeah, he's, a, he's such a generous man, isn't he now? Yeah. yeah. Very, very mature. It was so nice having his version of events, um, walking into that room with his book of lyrics, you know, and if you, as I said earlier, if you look back, you can, you can um, listen to John telling you his side of the story on one of our earlier podcasts. Yeah. And of course, well, I forgot to mention we had Lowell Creme on, who, you know. Of course. Lowell Cream? Lowell Cream. Cream. Why do I say Creme? I'm obviously, yeah, it's, It sounds like it should be Creme when it's on its own, but then <laughs> Godly and Creme doesn't work, does it? <laughs> <laughs> what about Pratt and Kev? Does that work? Pratt and, very, <laughs> Pratt and few things work, I say. <laughs> of course we work. Of course it works. Yes. It works brilliantly. And long may it continue. Well, indeed. Uh, oh, my God. So that was the most radio presentery thing you've ever said. I really... <laughs> just the way you oh, said it. It's brilliant. Yeah. It must be I've got my 80s head on. <laughs> this is my Peter Powell <laughs> for, uh, head. Uh, you could be Simon Bates. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> right. So until next week. All right, pop pickers. It's good night from me. And it's good night from all of us. Mm -hmm.